Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Hannah, and joining us on the show is Nat Tedesco, owner of Tedesco Body Shop out of Murraysville, Pennsylvania. Nat, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I'm super excited to talk to you about the business today. Um, but before we dive into it, first, tell us a little bit about what made you want to start the gym in the first place. Cool. I have a pretty unique story, at least getting started with my business. Um, my mom took me to my first boot camp class when I was in high school. So I was about 15 years old, I think. And I fell in love immediately with the style of group classes. Um, and then I just kept going with her every day before high school. So I'd wake up at like 4.30 in the morning, go to the gym, go to school. And then I loved it so much. And I loved the community, the friends I made, um, that I got an internship there my senior year of high school. So I started working in the industry. Um, then my senior year, I joined the Army. So I left from high school, went to the Army, uh, went through basic training. I was in the reserve. So I came back and I was just kind of loss like that was my all time of I really enjoyed the army and the intensity and the family and I really missed the gym and the community and the workouts so I kind of found my in between of okay I need community I need fitness I need motivation this is what I'm going to do I'm I'm just going to open my own gym so when I was 19 I opened my own gym and I failed like immediately for me, I wanted like meathead, open gym, chalk everywhere, heavy weights. Mm -hmm. And that was like young me just wanting to work out with other people, but not knowing how to run a business because I was fresh out of high school and that's all I love doing. Um, so I then took some business classes and found some mentors and was like, okay, I need to be what my community needs not what I want my community to want. Mm -hmm. So then I made some shifts in my business, started running some fitness challenges, group classes, things like that. And it was just like rocket ship. I found the niche. Um, yeah. So that's kind of how I got started. Um, let me give you a little bit of background on the name. So my family grew up drag racing so my initial business plan as a young 19-year-old kid was, hey, I'm just going to put weights in a trailer and travel around to all these racetracks, and I'll just train people there. And uh, my dad is a successful businessman, so I've always like looked up to him and like how he's built his own businesses. And I was like, well, okay, dad, here's my plan. And he was like, well, nobody knows who you are, so... Yeah, you're just gonna show up with a trailer and that's whatever. So he was like, you need to get started with a brick and mortar, build a name for yourself, brand yourself, all this stuff. So I took his advice and boom, brick and mortar, started branding myself. Um, but I still tried to keep the concepts of like my family background and things I like. So we went with the logo, which is half man, half machine, um, because as, although for me, it has like personal meaning for the people I work with. It's, hey, let me teach you how you can make your body work for you. 
it is a machine. It does work like that. So I do kind of use those innuendos to like teach them like, hey, if you fuel it the right way, it will last you longer. You know, you can't put diesel in a regular car and hope it goes because it won't. So we try to kind of keep that flow and it, it makes it fun and personable. So that's like how I got started. It's kind of. That's a great story. Yeah. You sound like a very disciplined person, like to get up at 430 in the morning as a high schooler to work out. That's incredible. And then you went into the military um, and then opened your own business. So yeah, I see a big, you know, chain there of discipline and, and being a driven person. So I think that's awesome. How did you open a gym at 19? Um, well, I got really lucky. My dad, like I said, was a successful business person. So he had a warehouse that was not being used. And I used my sales tactics to get started in there. <laughs> so I was like, listen, instead of the trailer, I'll use the warehouse. And yeah. then it just kind of took off from there. So that's so cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, tell me about Tedesco Body Shop itself. So tell us, you know, for the listeners, kind of your elevator pitch for the gym services you provide um, and how you describe it to someone who's never been in before. Yeah, absolutely. So Tedesco Body Shop is the place where everybody fits in. Um, if you felt like you've ever been an outcast or you just didn't feel right walking into a gym by yourself or you just kind of felt lost, hey, we're a family. We are absolutely a community um, as much as it is a gym because we do teach you how to work out and we are absolutely going to make sure you do it safely and you get to the goals that you want. We're just here to love you and like kind of just show people that this is something that you should love because it has to be a lifestyle if it's something that you want to sustain. Um, so we do group classes, personal training, open gym. Um, really, we have a place for everybody. It's just where do you fit in best um, within our family? So we do everything we do from fitness to nutrition, group classes, personal training, open gym, small group, um, and yeah, we do it with love and with intensity, but lighthearted intensity while making it fun and something that people will enjoy doing. We want them to wake up every day and want to be here just like we do. Um, we make sure they know that we go through it with them. You know, my coaches are, are jumping into class or although they're motivating them, they're working next to them. You know, this is not something you should ever do by yourself. You know, we are here to walk you through this journey. And that's what sets us apart is we just have a community that won't give up on you. Yeah, that's awesome. I think it's it's one thing to like go into an exercise class where you're by yourself and there's someone yelling at you versus feeling like you're in a community, you're with it, you're in it with other people. That makes it, you know, being yelled at doing burpees, whatever, more bearable. <laughs> so I like that it's a that community aspect for sure. I definitely have a military background. So there will be yelling going on, but it is it is followed with jokes and humor and fun. Go. And I'll get down there and I'll hustle with them. You know, I won't ever and not even just me, our members are the same way. Like if there's somebody trying to finish up, we will all jump in and do extra reps with them. You know, it is it's a family. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so how many members do you have total as, as part of the gym? Right now we're like 180, which is, which is great. You know, pre-COVID we were more like in the 200s, but you know, obviously things have changed. So um, it's a different, a, a different flow, um, but it's still, it's still great. We're still changing lives. We're still making an impact and that's what matters the most. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree. And I think, you know, from a business perspective, you know, the more people you can help, 
the better the business is going to do. So it's like a win-win um, in both ways. Um, so tell me about like the marketing strategies that you've used. How have you gotten to the members that you have now? Yeah. So um, Facebook was awesome for us for a really long time. Um, really until the pandemic, Facebook was all we did. Um, I did Facebook lead ads. I did Facebook business ads. I did boosting posts. Um, I did all that stuff. And now it's like, word of mouth and referrals. Mm. Um, it's definitely changed. Now, each portion of what we do kind of different things work. For example, our group classes, Facebook still works now and then, but per our personal training is more like word of mouth and referrals. Our open gym, um, we actually have a bike trail, like a, um, like a county trail that runs right behind our building. So like open gym is mostly people who ride their bike or walk or run on the trail. We have a big sign out back. They'll just like come in, which is That's neat. Cool. Yeah. yeah, it works out. Sometimes we do like uh, 5Ks. We'll do like a community 5K on the trail. So mm -hmm. like there's some word of mouth and just yeah, yeah. community building and stuff. Um, but yeah, different things for each portion, um, especially now that I'm trying to transition online a little bit more. I'm still working on finding the niche for that and what's what's going to be the best thing to work. Um, but as of right now, the new weird thing is like Instagram reels. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I haven't gotten into the TikTok game yet. I'm sure I could and should, but I don't I don't know that I'm ready to step my foot in there yet. Yeah, TikTok is like a whole other beast. And I don't, honestly, from a marketing perspective, I don't know how great they are at that either. Because I feel like you go on your For You page or whatever, and it's, you know, people from all over the country. And so I think it's hard to target. Like Not Facebook only that, but I Instagram try can. to market as if I'm a consumer and I hate ads. So yeah. I don't want to be the annoying person like to other people. I am very realistic in my sense of business and I want to be successful. And also I, I want people to live their lives. So I don't want to be like, Hey, I'm hounding on you on Facebook and Instagram and email and text message. And also you can't have any source of social media because I'm also on TikTok. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> I get a place to be everywhere, but at some point I know everybody wants their peace and quiet of dumb things that they watch. Yeah, that's true. Um, so what do you think is like the difference between like pre-COVID advertising versus now? Like why do you think it, it's changed or it's not as effective? Oh, um, that's a great question. Um, I think as a whole that like socially people have different behaviors mm -hmm. and they have a different outlook is like would be my most in-depth answer. So mm -hmm. in the army, I've done psychological operations. So I deal with people and their behaviors and things that drive them to the beha their behaviors. Mm -hmm. um, and we know that there's always like a reason for the behavior, right? It's always emotion built. So people have different emotions. A lot of people are like colder or shorter or, you know, less time for any BS. They're just very skeptical honestly is what i i feel from people so i think it's just different outlooks and different behaviors that people just don't do the same things or think the same ways yeah uh, i think that's true i think people are being smarter about how they consume ads and what they click on um, i think people are getting more selective about it um how would you say like your business has shifted post-covid um, you mentioned to me off air, you know, one-on-one -on -one has become more popular 
how else have you seen it? It shifted in the business. Yeah. Um, it's definitely shifted towards a smaller group. It's not as many people at the same time. Mm -hmm. Um, we're lucky that we have such like, uh, a dedicated group of people who, if they didn't come to class, they at least shifted to a smaller group where we do groups of two to five people, um, or they've done personal training. So although like the income is still there, the environment has, has shifted. Um, so that's, that's really how I would say it's, it's more personal training based. People want that one-on-one -on -one attention. They don't want to be, um, surrounded by as many people at first. It was obviously like, nobody wants to be around the germs and other people sharing the same air and all that stuff. Um, but then now it's just like they got used to it and they got more attention and they got customized workouts for them and then they got better results. And then that kind of just took off from there. So it was good. It's different, but it's great. Yeah, it's definitely different. I think we'll have to, you know, shift the way we market to people and how we sell to people, maybe like a more emphasis on, you know, ascension. So offering additional services that they're going to go out and get somewhere else anyway, and bring them in-house that way, you know, each member is worth more. So I think there's a lot of, you know, shifts that are going to have to be made, especially if, if that large group is kind of going out of style, I guess you could say, but yeah, yeah. that's definitely interesting. So what are your goals um, going forward with the business? Where would you like to see it in the next couple of years? Um, just get it self-sufficient again I would like the gym to you know have constant leads where there there isn't much turnover we're changing lives and we're changing the community we're changing the way people think about health and fitness where they're not thinking about oh I can't wait to get off work and go drink they're thinking about I can't wait to get off work and go work out with my friends you know where health comes first again um obviously every I'm sure every business owner wants to say that they're going to have such a successful time where they don't have to work in the business. They can work on the business and they can, um, you know, be at home with their family and all those things. And of course, that's where I would want to be, which is spending time with my kids and, and being at home and building our family while showing them the importance of work ethic and having discipline, waking up and making sure we are taking care of our responsibilities first. So it's it's definitely a balance of I want to be at home, but I also want to be here. So for me, um, shifting things a little bit more online, but also having the brick and mortar to have people here. I live not far away. It's always great to come down just even randomly throughout the day and say hi to people and just be a part of of it. You know, a small business is so much different than a, a large company that you're never going to see the owner stop in and just talk to people. Yes, absolutely. I love the the connection piece and the community aspect of having that brick and mortar. So I think that that'll be awesome to keep going um, in the future. But what would you say is like the biggest bottleneck that you face right now in getting to the point where you're a little bit more out of the business and the business is more self-sufficient? Would you say it's more of like a lead generation problem is the biggest, a selling problem, teams and systems? What what do you um, like the challenge face? I would say staff staffing it it's not even that there are there's more than enough people that could work uh this is where i bite my tongue because i again i have a military background so i expect like i don't know i expect people to have some sense of like work ethic um and you can't you can't expect that uh you can't expect that people will show up on time or, you know, they will give as much heart as you will because they won't um, until 
you know, they, they've been in the business long enough to be like, oh, this is, this is a community. I can make a real change. You know, once they have that light switch, they're great. Um, but it's just finding people that will last long enough um, to put in the time and effort. So staffing is, is really what it is. If, if I had to, let's say today, I never stepped a foot in here again to train, but I was just at home online, you know, our whole morning, I, I cover most of the morning. So, you know, what, what am I going to do? So it's, it's staffing for sure is the bottleneck. Other than that, the people are great. The leads are there. It's a great time of year for us, you know, running a gym. It's almost the new year. I would say if you asked me that question months ago, I would probably have a different answer. But now that it's the new year, we're ready. You know, we're ready for all the people. We're ready to help. Now we're just waiting on the people to be ready. Yeah, that makes sense. Did you do anything different marketing wise for the new year? Or do you just naturally organically see like an influx? In Both. Uh, we will do a new year challenge. We don't start it at the exact new year um you know we leave the first few weeks to get leads in to get people in the door and you know we'll do the we always do a free week um we do 21 days for 21 dollars which i've seen in this industry people it either works for them or it doesn't work for them and people are always like oh they're gonna pay you the 21 dollars and they're gonna leave that is our best the best thing we've ever done in the business um it is cheap mm -hmm. i just don't care because we get them long term. You know, they get yeah, a sense of door. Yeah. they get a sense of our community. They get a sense of that we care. We get a sense of, you know, they try out our schedule. We have, I think because we're open all day long and they can come whenever they want, mm -hmm. that also helps um, because they get a sense of what works for my schedule, what's actually going to be financially um, the best decision for me, things like that. So that worked for me. But so we do that for the first few weeks of January and then we do a new year challenge where it's like, hey, here's, I think this year we're going to do a six week. Last year we did an eight week. Um, but we we have a little bit different planning for uh, 2023. We're not doing as frequent challenges. We're just doing bigger challenges, more prizes, um, a little bit more incentive for people. Um, so I think that's the difference. We're, obviously, we'll see just an organic increase because everyone's looking to change their lifestyle for yeah, 2023 okay. our goal is just to get them to actually want to want that instead of fake wanting to want that wanting so, it for a couple of weeks and then not wanting it until next year again <laughs> yeah yeah it's hard it, especially when you care as a business owner you know you've done training it's hard to watch people fake want it and then fall off and then come back two three months later because the whole time you're thinking about them you know whether they're here they're a previous client or they're working with you then and there, you're constantly thinking, you know, I, I hope they stuck to their goals. Yeah. It's, it, it's personal. Yeah. It's hard. Sometimes like, I feel like I want it more than they want it. I'm like, why are you getting steps in and drinking water? Like, it's going to help you so much. It's, it's you're right there. <laughs> so yeah. that can totally be frustrating. Um, but I'm curious in like the sales process or when somebody comes in and they're interested or they click on an ad, um, what's the next step? How do you convert like a lead to a member? We do one-on-one -on -one meetings with everybody. Um, mm -hmm. It is, yes, we're a group class gym, but it is very one-on-one. -on -one. We wanna make sure that they're put where they will succeed the fastest. So we do a one-on-one -on -one meeting. What are your goals? Obviously, you know, all the background stuff, medical stuff, legal stuff, liabilities, all that first. But then it's just, hey, let's talk. Where are you? Where do you wanna be? Realistically, how long we 
we think it will take them and and a game plan we're here to give them action steps whether they're going to action step today or they're going to action step in the next few weeks we're giving them something to work on so it has to be tangible or else you know you're going to lose people immediately um we also have a fit 3d scanner so it's really great to scan people show them hey this is what you're made of here's your body fat percentage here's where you are on the spectrum of health and like serious illness and then we talk them through it hey don't don't freak out here's where you need to be and here's how we'll get you there you know what we make them know that we're gonna work through it with them yeah i think that's important like you already took the first step you're doing something about it you're in the door and we're all good now like we're gonna get to your goal yeah that's really cool that you use the the fit 360. um okay so how is retention how would you describe that how do you keep people long term now once they are a current member uh a bunch of different ways so I, th- I think really the community aspect is making them feel like they're a part of something bigger than themselves. And that was something that I loved with the army is like, you're not just a part of this small team, like you're a part of this thing. And like together we create change and we help this. So that kind of feeling for other people, they're part of something that's bigger than just coming to a workout class. Mm-hmm. They're affecting other people around them. There's, I always say, be a flashlight which is, hey, my life duty feels like I should charge your batteries so that I can make you the best you can be. All right, now I want you to go turn your light on to everyone around them. And hopefully you can charge some batteries and they can shine their light. So I, you know, try to instill that. And then they feel like they're a part of this, this health change where they can change other people's lives. They can make them feel better. They can move better. They can live longer lives. You know, once they feel like it's not just a gym, that is retention like 101. Um, I mean, we give out free shirts, we give out free bottles, we give out the stuff, we do a referral program. And and those are great. I just feel like once it's personal, it will last so much longer. And that's worked for us. Like, yeah, that's amazing. I think that's super important, making people feel like they're part of something bigger, part of a community. um, And they're not just a number and someone scanning their card and then going and working out. And I think that's really what sets apart like the small businesses from, you know, like the big gyms and, and why people gravitate towards something with a bit of a smaller class and, and personable coaches. So I think that's really cool. Um, before we start to wrap things up, tell me what would be like your biggest piece of advice that you would give to someone who wants to open their own gym. Um, another way to frame it, maybe something you would tell yourself years ago before you started the gym. Oh, that's a good question. So <laughs> I, I feel like I'm always the type of person where I'll just jump in the deep end and swim and just figure it out. Um, so if I could give myself advice before it would be have a plan and then a contingency plan because it won't always go by the plan. So if it's something you want to do, have a backup plan, whether it be shifting to an online or running both at the same time, running like a hybrid, just making sure you can have your bases covered. Um, I like again, again, I was lucky I was doing the army and the gym at the same time. So I was kind of doing both. But if I were to dive into the gym again, it would be making sure I knew about my community and what they needed and then filling the needs instead of filling my own wants and desires. Um, Just doing gym research like these pot, this podcast is great. Following what is working for other people, challenges, retention, you know, 
how, what system are you going to use? Are you going to run Zen plan? Are you going to run trainer eyes? Are you going to run mind body? Just making sure you have your ducks in a row before you're like, Hey, I'm a gym and I can help because yeah. you're going to end up tripping over your own feet. And although that's great, like you want to take action instead of procrastinate, but you want to take action with somewhere to go. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's a good um, piece of advice, especially, you know, you mentioned you started your first gym, didn't go great. And then you went back to the drawing board and you took business classes. And I think that's really important. Like do take those steps um, before you jump in. <laughs> I did the same like thing. a great idea until you're there. Yeah. Yeah, same thing with the bakery. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think that's great advice. Do your research um, and yeah, reach out to people who have done it before. You know, most people that have been on the podcast are happy to help and yeah. Jim Lords is happy to help too, but yeah, definitely reach out to people um, who've done it before, fail fast and find some mentors. <laughs> that's, a, I think that's great. Fail fast and learn fast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, Nat, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us today. Um, this has been a really insightful episode, um, but before we sign out, tell us where we can find you on um, Facebook, Instagram, website, all that good stuff. Cool. Yeah. Thank you so much for having me. It's a blast. I'm proud to be a part of it and honored to help anybody. Um, we have Facebook, Instagram, all the things. Look us up anywhere. Um, just Tedesco Body Shop. Um, if you're on Instagram, no spaces. Um, and then me personally, just Nat underscore Ted. Um, just nice and short. Nat Ted. Perfect. Love that. Tedesco Body Shop, Nat underscore Ted on Instagram. Thank you again so much for being on the show, Nat. Uh, we really appreciate you contributing to the podcast today. And to all of our listeners out there, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description and we'll be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer and make more money, Head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords podcast. I'll be your host today. My name is Emily Newton, and joining us on the show is Aaron from Marble Fitness. What's going on, Aaron? How are you doing today? Hello. Uh, very good. Thanks. You? I'm doing well. Thank you for asking. So before we dive into the nitty gritty of what you have going on and how you run Marble Fitness, tell us a little bit about how you describe your business to people and what made you want to start your gym in the first place. Um, I actually fell into fitness. In school, I absolutely dreaded PE. I think I was actually banned from PE at one point. Um, and then I moved to Kingsbridge. Um, I used to help my father run a pub. So the polar opposites. Um, he passed away and I needed a job. So I was told to go to the local leisure centre and um, get a lifeguarding job, actually, which... Again, I passed, but hated. Um, so I asked the company if they had anything other than the swimming or the lifeguarding, and they had a course for a level two instructor. So I took it and passed two months early. And then they offered me the level three PT, and I passed that two months early. Um, 
and eventually built my clientele up over in the leisure center and eventually left um, and got my own unit. So fell in love with it quite quick, to be fair, the fitness, even though I hated it as a child. Um, and I've just kept growing ever since, really. Started off in fields and renting space, of course, until the rent got so high, I just thought there must be a unit where the rent is capped. So luckily, I found one in 2016. Okay. So tell us a little bit about your space now. We were talking earlier, you know, before we went live that, you know, you have three, three different rooms and like lots of different services to offer your members. Yeah. So it, it started off as one room with a partner and we did, uh, she specialized in spin. I was also qualified in spin, but my speciality was the boxing. Um, and we shared the space for, I'd say a year. Um, and then she left due to us both just growing. We both had a niche. There was no spin in town and there was no boxing in town. So straight away, we we got very busy, very quick. Um, and I wanted more punch bags um, and Kate wanted more um, uh, spin bikes. So we had to split, unfortunately, and she made the she made the move to actually to leave and I stayed. Um, and from there, I, I managed to grow a little bit more with her bikes gone. And then during the COVID, I expanded again into the three rooms. Um, so the gym has got a very fun, quirky, because it's Marvel. It's just, there's just comic everywhere. It's quite colorful um, and it's very community, uh, a big community feel. We do a lot for the community. We do beach cleans. Uh, we raise money for local people, for small charities and, and private private causes, really. Okay. So something that I want to kind of backtrack to is that you said you expanded during COVID. Yeah, yeah, you know? that was very, yeah. very risky. Um, but, you know, the money, because I had had a, a premises uh, from 16 and I was trading from 14, I did fall under the umbrella of, of qualifying for all of the grants, really. Um, and they base that money on what you would probably earn during that year. But of course, during the year, you spend it. So when it gets given to you in a lump sum, um, you're just sat there on this money. And of course, everyone was panicking for me saying, you're going to get taxed massively. Um, it's, you know, it's no, nothing's free. So to, to not get taxed, I invested it into the growth of the business, which was still risky, but of course it was the best time to do it in a sense of not being busy because we were closed. So we weren't getting in anyone's way. We had all the time in the world to do it properly. And uh, when we reopened, we had two new rooms for our clients and much more kit and it paid off <laughs> luckily. And then I didn't get taxed because it was all business expense. <laughs> right. So, so I mean, What's your thought process behind taking the risk instead of holding on to the money during a pandemic? Yeah, I know. My 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 missus and my mum were very they they were behind me because they wanted to see me do well. And I don't normally mess up. I do normally make quite good decisions. So um they were behind me, but of course, very, very scared for me. But I do like to take risks. I think if you're not going forwards, 
you are either stood still or or just yeah I mean you're not going backwards but standing still is still not going forward so I mean I, I think that if you're not going forward by default you're moving backwards yeah exactly so I thought bugger it the worst case scenario that would have happened was I would have just gone back to my one unit and then and then give the kit back so I wouldn't have lost everything I would have just gone back to square one where, where I was still quite happy um business was still working it was still I was still fine yeah but yes I did create more overheads but of course the the influx of new clients was immense yeah so, so talk to us a little bit about what services you're offering your clients so before the expansion it was solely personal training and boxing classes the gym was only open for the people who had booked in um but when we expanded, we opened up to the open gym, um, the open gym side. So, luckily, uh, I live on site, so uh, I'm I'm here to lock up and open on, in, in the morning. I've got a couple of members of staff now, which also uh, help with that. So, the open gym is probably now our our, our biggest biggest income. Um, but then, then we still do the personal training. Um, we offer the boxing classes still, and we now host Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Potentially, uh, we might be hosting some Muay Thai in the new year, as there's a gentleman who's just moved to the area, and he's like an ex-champion. Um, and then we do specialised classes, private private bookings for um, learning differences in adults, um, kids who are really struggling with school anxiety, self-confidence um and then we work closely with just the the schools in general with PE uh when they're doing their um exams they come down and choose us for maybe boxing or uh, maybe bodybuilding and um, stuff like that so a lot going on in a small little place <laughs> yeah I, I like how you guys have like such a wide variety of services to offer yeah um, so I mean being that like open gym is you said that's like the main package that people are taking advantage of absolutely i mean we i mean our, we are we 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 are busy with pt but um income wise i think i would have to train i mean I, personally i like to have about 20 pts a week personally that's for me that number's good if it starts to go above 25 i'll get a bit run down um, and if it goes below 15, then I do start to try and push a bit of advertisement. So, but the money, the income from the, from the gym itself, it's, I mean, like I said, it runs itself. People just pay a monthly fee. Mm -hmm. They come in and out, they get, every member gets three programs for free to start them off. Um, just for safety, really, especially people who have never set foot in a gym. Um, and yeah, the money from that is, um, is now the main income i'd say i got gotcha. you okay so with the open gym um situation would you say that over the course of the year there are like ups and downs in terms of who's coming in consistently or you know who may be dropping off um yeah i mean we definitely lose people but the thing with the thing that i found which is quite a good business um idea is we don't do contracts so whereas a lot of gym members would find that quite weird not tying somebody in for i don't know six months to a year 
we find not tying people down works really well because so many kids go off traveling or they go to uni we get holiday makers so when you so say this, to them, is look, this for the open gym personal training, like everything uh, with, well, with the personal training, I mean, you're never contracted. You buy a block of 10 or you buy a block of five or you do it weekly. But yeah, with the open gym, if somebody comes and says, look, um, you know, I'm down on holiday for a month, we charge them for that month. We don't tie them in. They get to go away. And then when they go away, they remember us. And they go, right, when I go to Kingsbridge again, I know I can go there and not be contracted in. Um, and all we do charge is a £10 rejoin fee. And that fee... That, that allows clients to just go away for three months traveling and not have to pay a, an early leaving fee or, or worry about losing money because they, they're in a contract. Mm -hmm. So I find that works for us really well. The people that leave us only leave us because they're going to uni or traveling. They always come back. Um, and going to the dipping part, I find we, we do run quite steady because in the summer, we get we lose the surfers, you know, we're a big coast down here. Everybody's into water. Uh, so in the summer, we lose the water babies, but we we gain the people who thrive off of sunlight, who are happier in the summer. Um, and then in the winter, we lose those um, summer people because they're miserable, they're a bit down, they're not a fan of the winter. But then we get all your outside runners and surfers back because it's miserable out there. So it's it's quite it's quite steady, really. Yeah. So how are you keeping track of all of this? Like, do you have what systems do you have in place to keep track of who's signing up every month, who's leaving every month? Um, like that. Yeah. So we use a system called Easy Facility, um, and when somebody comes in and joins, they are obviously added to the system, and their membership or their packages via PT or um, classes is bought through the software which tracks tracks everything really oh okay cool 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 so i mean as a business owner how often do you look at the numbers uh i mean i look at them all the time so whenever i go into the office and log on to check who's in the classes that day i'll have a quick look at the members um debbie my gym manager she normally deals with um overdues so she'll check every morning and uh, there might be three whose memberships have bounced. So they get a courtesy call to say, you know, I hope everything's all right. Um, you know, if you want to continue, just let us know when the money's in and we can take it manually. Um, and um, we also deal with um, Easy themselves, the company. They're pretty good. Um, they, they help us a lot, really, because it's such a massive platform what we use is probably about 40%. The stuff you can do on it is not, but I'm not very, I'm not computer at all. Yeah. So, I mean, what, I guess, for the business owners listening that don't necessarily track or keep track of their numbers like they should, oh, what yeah. are like, I guess, three categories that you think are most important for business owners to just know, like if somebody asks you this, like off the top of your head, you'd be able to spit it out. I would definitely recommend um, a platform that tracks your memberships and the ones that obviously bounce because they're not, no one's going to tell, especially young kids. We've got 14 years old is the youngest you can join. And, you know, that this those that generation, they 
they won't tell you if it's bounced. They're not going to tell you if their membership didn't come out. They're just going to keep on coming. So you do need something to back you up. Um, I also find a diary as well, whatever, especially if you've got staff, if something's told to me or if I do something, I'll just make a note of it in the diary because we don't want things happening twice or we don't want to bother a client about something that's been resolved. So I don't want Debbie to chase somebody again when it's already been done. And we've got a group chat as well. So I'll say, look, that's been dealt with. It's all ticked off. Um, it's just communication, really, just not crossing wires and just yeah. being on top of things. So absolutely, a diary is very good. A group chat's good and a platform which tracks your members and classes does absolutely help. Yeah. So with the platform that you're using now, would you say that like the most important thing for you to know is the memberships and the classes? Yeah, we need, yeah, absolutely. Because that lets us know then. I mean, we can log on. I mean, our, most of our classes are six o'clock at night. And we tell everybody who's doing classes, you know, um, if you're not booked on by four or five o'clock and there's only a couple of people in the class, we will we'll just cancel it. And then, of course, people, some people are bad at booking in. That's the issue. You can't control that. That is something completely out of your out of your hands. Some people are just really forgetful and they'll just turn up. So, of course, when you cancel the class and tell the people that have booked in, you might get three people turn up. Well, where are you? Well, you didn't book in, so I didn't know to tell you. It's, it's, it's a nightmare, but we are getting there. People, people are learning and uh, we do send out constant emails to remind people, but it's, uh, it is a killer. It is a, people just being lazy, really. Yeah, yeah. But then so, we are, yeah, we're, we're, like I said, though, we are quite a community gym. So maybe, maybe they don't book in all the time because it is quite a relaxed feel around here. And they just, they just feel at home, basically. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit about like how you're getting your members in. Like, what would you say? Well, first of all, like, how many avenues are you using for marketing? Um, we have a mainly social media. Uh, I mean, I find Instagram and Facebook very good. Uh, it is a small town, so it's not it's not too hard for word of mouth either. Um, and then we I do have a website which was launched this year, and the, and it's connected to obviously Google. And since that, we have had so much um inquiries through the website which is great and then of course there's a direct uh, button to email me um and then there's a local it's not the paper because the local paper is terrible um it's like a, a community online board and you pay 100 pound a month or a year i think even mm -hmm. and you can post on their site they do um they do social media posts for you or they'll they'll share a post what you what you've done personally um but yeah again i've, I've got to say i'm quite lucky it's because it's a small town and i am the only independent private gym we don't really have to try too hard we are just nice and steady there probably is things that i could do to push it but i do worry about space as we were saying earlier I don't know what my max is um, and I, I wouldn't know how to work that out really. 
but we have sat comfortable at 210 before members mm -hmm. with no complaints so but i do worry about you know uh doing doing a new advertisement somewhere or a new a new avenue of advertisement and it really working <laughs> and then just uh, not being able to cope you know so completely understand what you're saying um do you think there are ways that you can increase your revenue without necessarily bringing more people in if you're worried about space so i we sell merch we sell a lot of merch and subs which started um the beginning of the year and that goes really well um we sell a lot of tees hoodies joggers caps beanies um i sell uh, shakers um protein so yeah that's a good way of getting an income um without new like new bodies really right. um all we've got to do next year is attach the items that we sell to the website so people can actually see what we sell and and buy it there and then because again right now not everyone knows that we sell this stuff unless they are seeing a, a new merch post online or whether they come in and ask and then we show them what we've got in stock so it would be great next year to get those items online on the on the shop um and then do an email to say look we've just you know the website but we've just launched the shop and you can now buy all your subs and merch through the website where you can pick up in store or we can potentially post so but it does sell quite nicely already yeah so again that's just another worry really because that's a if we do put it online and it goes big as you probably know merch and subs is a separate business again it's just another another thing mm -hmm. so okay but so, you keep going forward yeah for sure <laughs> so it's like hypothetical situation let's say that you had to because i mean most gym owners start from no with zero members right yeah, absolutely, so yeah. let's say that knowing what you know now well let's say that you had to start over from like zero would yep. you do things the same way or would you do things a little bit differently um i think see i it's weird because i never never even though i was a pt as i said earlier my forte my specific personal speciality is boxing i started off as a boxing coach first so i never really had it in my head to have a weight like, like an iron gym even though i was qualified in it it was just something that i did to better my see you know my personal development really um and then as the boys were coming in to the box and they were like, oh can you get a few dumbbells can you get this can you get that and it it just grew organically really um but knowing what I know now, if I went back, I, I would definitely invest in weights immediately. And I would invest in the uh, the easy facility uh, platform immediately because there was a couple of years where I was doing it like pen and paper. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it was hard and stressful. So yeah, definitely invest in a bit more of a variety of kit. Mm -hmm. um and uh, and then get the professional platform to make me look more professional at the, at the early stages gotcha okay so let's talk a little bit about challenges and you know the long-term vision that you have for marvel fitness 
Are there any challenges that you guys are working through right now? Um, just, I'd, yeah, just I'd say little things like just charting ourselves up because things aren't all in place right now. So like the shop's not in place. So trying to sell things can be a little bit messy, um, especially with friends. I'll get the boys come in. Oh, can I have a can I have a protein shake, a protein tub? Yeah, no worries. You give them the protein tub. Oh, I'm gonna be card on me. I'll bank transfer it later. And it's like you got to remember that then. Um, or again, because we're community, you do get a lot of people really trying their luck. Um, you know, the word community is it's not a charity. Um, it's just somewhere where it's a little bit more close to home, family feel, uh, but people do really try their luck. So we get a lot of parents trying to, or not even just parents, but people want something for nothing. Um, there's a lot of people who are, um, what I call, I can't think of the name now, um, just opportunists really. They just, they want to try their luck. They want something for free all the time. Um, so trying to deal with that's quite hard because you don't want to upset anybody and then you also don't want to say yes to someone and no to somebody else so ultimately the answer is normally a no because you don't want to be picking sides um, so that's that can be quite tough that can be a challenge the council here are a massive challenge because they don't like me <laughs> the council the local council okay because the council own the building to the local leisure centre. Mm -hmm. So, of course, the leisure centre are one of their biggest, um, uh, what do you call it, tenants. And because I'm constantly stealing members, um, anytime I try and do work with the council or get help from them, they, they're not interested because of uh they, they've had to pay the legislature a lot of money and bail them out a lot because they're losing money mm. so um when it does come a time for me to potentially build my own gym and get plan of permission or or go into a new unit i know the council will make things very very difficult for me yeah well hopefully that they'll have a change of part in between now yeah we'll yeah yeah um so yeah let, let's talk a little bit about the future yeah. So it's the new year is approaching, let's say six months down the road. How would yeah. you want your gym to change? Do you want more members? Do you want to be offering more classes? Like, how do you want it to grow? Um, yeah, we, we'd love to. We used to we used to a lot of classes. I mean, now we do three adults, one junior and one mini. So the minis are six to 10 year olds. The juniors are 11 to 15, and then 16 and above is adult. Um, and we used to do two minis, two juniors, and about four adults. But again, because of COVID, we've had to just keep keep slowly um, dropping the classes, really. But when it's not this time of year, the, those classes are full, which is great. Um, and the only reason we haven't put on any more is because I personally don't have the time to do anymore myself. Um, and I've got to train other coaches up. So I've just trained one up. Um, but again, she's a, she's like a, a family, a family lady. So she comes in for those two and that's all she can do. So it's more of a staff issue 
going forward with expanding classes. Um, the members will the members will definitely grow. Uh, that that slowly grows every year. We we will definitely get an influx uh, in the next couple of weeks. That shit that would be crazy. And uh, we just got to try and maintain them when they're here. Try and keep them. Um, and we would like to offer more classes, like saying earlier, the Muay Thai. It'd be great to offer some Muay Thai because we've got the ground game of the BJJ, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. We've got the stand-up striking with the hands. So introducing Muay Thai would then bring in the legs uh, and we'd have a bit of an all-rounder mar mixed martial arts gym then, really. Um, Space-wise, again, as I said earlier, potentially another unit could be going next year. If they do, I do have first refusal. But of course, this time of year, and with what's going on in the world with the electric and stuff, taking on another unit and not having guaranteed numbers is a big gamble. What do you uh, mean? You said not having guaranteed numbers? So the way I look at it is just because I gain another unit and put more kit in, it's not necessarily going to make another 50 people want to join, you know? So I am going to look at what the influx is next year when uh, – when the new new year new me people come in, um, and if we can maintain them and keep a lot, and the figures add up, then I think we will go for the unit if it becomes available. It's just uh, it's just scary because you can you can make something as glamorous as you like, but it, it's not going to guarantee uh, it's not going to guarantee the, the the effectiveness of the outlay, you know. So yeah. I mean, I mean, and like you talked about earlier, you you took a big risk. Oh yeah, COVID, yeah. Right? I'll i probably will go for it. You'll probably see on the news. <laughs> Local man defies it all again. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Okay. I probably I probably will. <laughs> yeah. Well, Aaron, this is a really good place for us to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, where can our listeners find you? Uh, so we have a website called marvelfitness.co.uk. Um, also, we're on Instagram as marvelfitnesskb, as in Kingsbridge. Um, and then Facebook is also another Marvel Fitness um, page. So, yeah, Instagram, Facebook, and the website. All righty, Aaron. Well, we appreciate your time and contribution to the podcast. And looking thank forward you. to seeing when you're what you're going to be able to do with that unit that's going to open up soon. Yeah, thank so, you very much. Yeah, no problem, man. So to everybody tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget Cheers. if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model within the fitness industry, click the link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. 
Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What is going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I am your host. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us, our guest on the show today is Miss Ann Noel of Al Sol Pilates Studio, coming to you from North Tonawanda in New York. Ann, what's going on? How are you today? Hey there. I'm great. We are great. We're a little cold, but we're good. We are certainly cold here in the Northeast. You are spot on. Um, but anyway, Obviously, we're here to talk about El Sol and, and what you do as a business owner. I'm interested in getting into that. We'll certainly dive into the day-to-day and the business aspects of this, and But before we do that, I believe in context. I believe in background info. For people who aren't familiar with you or your studio, tell us a little bit about El Sol before we venture off on this journey. When you would describe what you do to people, what do you say? How do you tell people about this business? Huh, that is a very good question. Um, uh, I am a single studio owner. I am one of two instructors here at Also Pilates. We specialize in Pilates. Um, I've been a teacher for 30 years. So I have a little bit of experience <laughs> um, with Pilates specifically. I We work private, semi-private, and also offer classes um, specifically called Power Pilates classes. Uh, we are, we're a busy studio. We're a busy studio. We're open seven days a week and see just a variation, a variation of all of those three modalities, private, Mm -hmm. semi-private and uh, power. I, my studio has Pilates studios come in all different shapes and sizes. My studio is equipped with uh, Pilates reformers, trapeze tables, mats, and wall units. Um, And we utilize all of it, utilize all of it in all of our sessions. Yeah. And so many different things. We're we're using the Pilates modality, but sort of something for everyone, right? We're not specifically married to Pilates or nothing else. But take us back a little bit. I'm I'm interested in even earlier in the origin of this. Okay. We've been doing this for around four years now, but take me not necessarily to the day that we opened the doors on this. Take me to the uh, the day that that the idea popped into your head. I'm gonna open up my own studio. What was going on for you and and what inspired all of this? Um, To be honest, I have been teaching Pilates for, like I said, a very long time and been living in this area, teaching mostly private and semi-private out of my home for years and years. Um, It was a way for me to be able to work and still be a mom to four kids. And I have never, ever lost my passion and love for Pilates. Um, Even when I was just doing private and semi-private, your clients become your family in so many ways and um, helping people feel great about themselves, whether it is um, my hip hurts or I'm coming and rehabbing out of a surgery or I'm an athlete and I need to be functioning better or I'm a young person, a young dancer who needs more centering and strength. The idea of creating relationships with each one of these, with each one of my clients is really something that has fulfilled me my whole entire life. Um, it, it gives me chills to talk about it right now as we're talking. Yeah. yeah. Can't beat that kind of a passion yeah. as a business I owner. That. I love that. It's been a very important part of my life. 
my personal life started to change a little bit. My kids got older. I, they didn't need me nearly as much at home. And I started to look to expand. Um, I did two things right around the same time. I created a power Pilates class where I could see more than just two people at a time. Um, mm -hmm. And that is a fast paced circuit style class. It drew people that wouldn't necessarily have thought they would have Pilates. Right. Uh, that was, it was an aha moment, to be quite honest with you. I had always been the Pilates instructor that was like, form is everything, which it is, by the way. And um, doing everything at a slow and specific pace was everything, which it still is very important. But I was reaching people and having people find a love for Pilates with this power Pilates class. So that started to really take off. And it, that was the aha moment. I can't fit in my house anymore. I yeah. need more space. So I ended up increasing my space to twice as much as I had, increasing my pieces of equipment by twice as much as what I had currently owned and being able to increase capacity. For my classes, I still only max out at eight people, which in my mind is a lovely number. I can still handle that circus um, well, where I've got eyes on <laughs> and I can still tell and yell at everybody at the same time yell with all the love in my heart of course but um so it's a handleable amount and I'm very satisfied with that amount of people um I still think that form is incredibly important to this work and to how people's bodies feel afterwards so I don't know if it was 70 people in this class I wouldn't be able to do it the way I do it and uh, yeah so I've been able to and I've been, I was able to expand four years ago, expand, but not overdo it. And I'm, you know, I, I'm happy here. Very happy. That's kind of how we arrived at what we've got right now. Yeah. I want to look back on that time when we'll, we'll get into exploring the business and day to day and what you've done to grow things since then, but get a little philosophical with me for a moment and, and revisit your time as a business owner here. What's been your favorite part about owning your own business and what's been the toughest part about owning your own business? Um, the, once again, my favorite part of owning my business is always going to land on the relationship that I have created with my clients. I suppose that I could have had that by and not owned the business, but I, I touch and come into contact with everybody that comes through these doors. Um, even if they're coming to a class with my other instructor. Uh, and I, I love that. I love to know what's happened in their lives. I love to know how Pilates can fit into their life, help them figure that out, welcome them into the crazy family that we've got here. So that, that I would say is the thing I love most about owning the business. And to be quite honest with you, another lovely part for me personally, still being a mom of four, I have athletes in my family. By owning my business, I have been able to set my schedule around family. And that mm -hmm. has been integral in my growth because I have been able to still be a mom and still be able to make all the basketball games and drop some guys off at school and do all of those things that I needed to do as a mother. And that has morphed. So my schedule morphs when that those needs morph as well. And I 
I, I guess I can't imagine. I don't even mention it at first because I can't imagine not living like that. And it's, it, it, there is a beauty to that. And I have maintained in my heart that my business is so important to me, but I will always morph my business around my family. So that my commitment to my family in that way and my commitment to my business has been for me magical. It's been important to me. I, I can't imagine not having that. Now flip that around here, Dan. <laughs> this is this is a small business, and anybody that's owned a business before knows yeah. it's not all sunshine and rainbows and unicorns. There are challenges, there are bumps and bruises along the way. What's been the toughest part for you as a business owner so far? I think the toughest part for me, to be quite honest with you, and this is a little hint into my own personality, is boundaries. <laughs> me learning to set boundaries along the way, me knowing that I need days off, me realizing that I need to shut my phone off every once in a while, you know, yeah. not accept. I, I am, I, part of it I have chosen. Part of how this business is run, I have chosen. But the part that, and that is that I do everything on pencil and paper and in an old-fashioned notebook, right? So a scheduling calendar by pencil in this day and age is kind of unheard of, right? Um, but I like it like that. And we've yeah. tried, tried to go digital a bunch of times and I lose some sort, I don't know if it's a power trip. I'm not sure what happens, but I lose some sort of tangible, I'm in control of this and I know what's happening when I send it off to a virtual situation. So. Yeah. So because of that, because it's my choice to go pencil and paper and do it all sorts of, I do it old fashioned, good for me, pat on my back. I also find I have to set boundaries and it's not even setting boundaries with my clients. It's just not returning that text message until the next morning. Whereas, yeah. you know, I want to, I want to book them right then when they text me at 11 o'clock at night. But I realize that I have to for my own sanity, set those boundaries. Yeah. Uh, I'm gonna well, you mentioned, the first thing that you mentioned was we're open seven days a week. Yes. We do this every single day. And so yeah. I think I think you're speaking to the choir here. I think people that I speak with, whether they're in the Pilates field or just fitness in general, far more often is the case of a, a studio owner or a business owner working 60, 70, 80 hours a week than they are 40 hours, nine to five. It just doesn't work that way in our field. And it doesn't draw people with that sort of mindset to entrepreneurialism. Um, and so I, I get it. I think this is a, a fairly typical, this is our business. This is our baby. We want to do everything we can to, to take care of it in the best way that we can. Um, but, but walk through how that's functioned for you over the years here. And in the, the sense of marketing or, or just how we find clients in the first place tell us a little bit about what's gone well for you and, and maybe what hasn't gone so well for you to try to find some people to grow this thing okay so i think that when i first decided to expand i first started to teach the power pilates classes this became i would say a larger draw um i would i would do i would do Facebook ads and send those out as much as possible. Um, I, I did, and I would say that it was a moderate amount of response. If, okay. if 
um, in terms of Facebook. My, I also did Groupon. I feel like that was the worst experience. It wasn't a bad experience. It wasn't a bad experience. The people that came in my door, lovely. Like I said, I always love when I get to meet somebody. It was the logistics of Groupon. And also, I am not, I don't, my price point being in the area of North Tonawanda is a very incredibly moderate price point for Pilates. Sometimes I think- So cutting that in half on Groupon. Sometimes I'm like, I, you know, people don't really get it when they come to me. And one of the ways that I, it has not bothered me to stay moderate. I I do that in terms of reading my clientele, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If I was in the Buffalo area, if I was a little bit further out in some of the more wealthier suburbs, it would, they have much different price point than I do in terms of Pilates. I'm aware of that. So exactly what you were going to say. Then it was Groupon wanted to cut that. You know, then it, then it became a, real quick this doesn't make sense anymore correct and also I although I did enjoy the clients that came in there is a whole there's a whole list of Groupon-ers that are interested in only doing the three classes that they signed up for and they you know because they knew they got the deal and then moving on to something else I didn't end up getting any long term anybody long term from that situation So I would say I just didn't bother to sign up again. Um, I think that makes sense. I mean, it's rare that we find somebody that does make good on Groupon, especially in by nature of what you do. We're not serving 50, 100 people at a time where people will just get lost in the shuffle. These are very noticeable people in these groups. And it's almost a disservice to your core audience because more of your time and your attention is going to be dedicated to them right. than the the returning month after month type customer. And so Groupon, no more. Fair. Yeah. Uh, I wanna I wanted to ask you at least about the Facebook side of things. You said moderate results. Did we were we able to capture more of a long-term clientele from that or more of the same of in and out? fluctuating type demographic I would say that I would say that I garnered a handful to maybe a dozen extra clients through the Facebook situation um, through my ads and and I stopped doing those ads as well um, because those definitely to your question to answer your question those became regulars so that Perfect. was at least a little bit so at least better results. Yes, that's a better result than, you know, number one, Groupon. Um, but I, I had mentioned this to you a little bit earlier. You know, I, like I said, I think it has, has gotten to be a testament to what the studio is. My most favorite way of marketing is word of mouth, right? Is, you know, Mary Jo goes and she tells a friend and the friend comes in and then the friend happens to bring in another friend. And I've been looking for Pilates and that kind of thing is happening, happens on a regular basis. And the more, maybe the older I get, or maybe the older of a studio owner I am, (laughs) or I've been doing it for longer, the more I can appreciate that so much because of a couple of things because 
I hate the word vibe, but the vibe of this studio is a welcoming, kind, loving, family-oriented. And by family-oriented, when you walk in the door of your family, nobody is judging anybody else. Nobody judges the way you look like, the way you act. It, it is a very, very welcoming environment here. And by having word of mouth referrals, it just adds to that. You know, yeah. adds to that. You're I'm not guaranteed everybody that walks in is going to feel welcomed, but I am I I am closer to being guaranteed. And those are that I like to add that into my studio. It has it really has to do with what the environment feels like at this point. That's, that's an important element. And it sort of tees me up for my next question here, Ian. And and whether it's Facebook or Groupon or whatever sort of marketing. It helps to remember that we don't have to sign up everyone that comes through these channels, right? We are not the perfect fit for anybody that walks through our doors. There is a bit of a qualification and we are more gatekeepers yep. than fishermen, if you will. I think businesses that start to get into the mindset that we're going to sign somebody up no matter the cost, whether they're looking for that service or not, the the product itself and the sanity of the gym owner really quickly dilute. And yeah. so take me to kind of the, the quote unquote sales aspect of this. And when somebody reaches out, they're interested, whether we found them on Facebook, whether it's a referral, whether they just walked in off the street, what is your process typically like for that person to eventually sign up as a client? So <clears throat> I don't even have a sign up as a client per se, but coming to your first class, if you're coming in for a private scenario, if you've never done Pilates ever before, and you're coming in from the standpoint of looking to experience Pilates for the first time, and your fitness history is, is minimal, right? Is minimal, is moderate, or you really, really would like to get something very, very one-on-one -on -one uh, intro package is what I offer. So an offer of an intro package of three private sessions. I love teaching somebody for the very first time Pilates. I love mm -hmm. that transformation. I love all of their aha moments. I love to teach them things about their body they didn't realize and know. Those are, and also within those three private sessions, I get to learn everybody everything about that person's body you know their quirks the things that they tend to um lean on their 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 weaknesses and teach them and try to remind them if their, their next step is maybe to move into a group class to try to remind them of those things so that they can take that within themselves and take them into their group classes right um so that is, that's one process. A lot of times people will take the three private sessions and move, continue to do privates or move into the semi-private or even come to power. Um, generally speaking, unless you have previous Pilates experience, I, I request you to take uh, the three intro package before moving into a semi-private situation. Because mm -hmm. in that situation, you're a little bit more self-sufficient and you understand Pilates yeah. as a technique and also the equipment. I have a lot of equipment. A lot of things can happen. Um, in terms of power Pilates, I allow newbies to come in. They need to have a little bit of fitness experience 
in order to do that. Um, if you don't have fitness experience, we're back to let's take a intro package. True. Um, Got it. And generally, once again, that whole family thing, I will hover around a new person in a power Pilates class and generally put them with somebody who is, I call a professional, right? One of my people who, have, who comes in, you know, an everyday kind of thing. So they kind of know at least movement wise what to do. And I'll come around and, and, and do some coaching in terms of form. So, yeah. so signing up really just depends on, on it, it's a schedule thing first and foremost, and then uh, let's see where you can fit in. Yeah. And so oftentimes we spearhead it with this introductory pack and that gives you a little bit more knowledge and, and basis for where to steer them from there. Absolutely. Right? And that will always be a question that comes up, right? Yeah. You know, second, no. third class. What do you think? Where do you think I should go? Where, where you know, what do you suggest? Yeah. And you, I usually know by then what I suggest. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Now, our our conversation so far has been how do we get people in? How do we turn them in? How do we keep them? And this is this is the big kind of holy grail of what we do. What do you focus on to to make sure that your clients stay long term? That's a great question. I can't be honest. I cannot honestly tell you that I'm conscious about it. These are okay. the things I'm conscious about. I'm conscious about a supportive environment that involves a lot of laughing. <laughs> I'm conscious about a workout that changes for people every single time they come in. They're going to have some stabilizing things that they always do that they'll always know about that we tease about that have nicknames that are mean, et cetera. But the, there's variety in everything they do in every class that they take. So I like when they're like, did you pull this out of a vault? Did you, did you have too much free time on your hands when I'm throwing new things at them? right? Because some of my clients literally come in six to seven days a week for a class. And I like to, they might get the same couple of things in each class, but variety is something that really helps me. Um, I was a former dancer and I know that I like that. I know my body responds well to that. So even if it's a take on the same exercise, but we vary it, I, I think that that's one of the, one of the very important things about Pilates and about the class that especially power Pilates that keeps people coming back um, yeah. um uh, and honestly results in in, in this <laughs> that's an important aspect of this too sure results and results are and I am not just talking about they're looking in the mirror and liking their butt that's great and some and a, a lot of that is that right a lot of that is I mean once again, this is one of those things that brings, makes me emotional when I think about it. The number of people that talk to me about the change in themselves because of how they feel physically about themselves. And, I, and, and they, uh, the testament is this class or coming to you and seeing you. And, you know, I, you make me want to come back when I don't normally want to come back. That's the biggest compliment in the world for me. Right. That's, it a, is. that's a big deal for a, uh, uh an industry that relies on getting people to do what most of the time they don't really want to be doing. Right. That's a, that's an important piece of this. Now zoom out on all of this with me. And we've been, we've been here at least under the El Sol branding for four years. 
look forward, look to the future and, and forecast this thing. What's your goal with all of this? Where do we see this business trending in another four years? So I, I feel, um, I, I feel like the, the old wise woman when I'm talking to you, when you talk to me about that sentence, because the words trending and all the forecasting, all of that sounds like, uh, like young people speak. <laughs> um, I, so uh, if you would ask me that question 15 years ago, I, my answer would be so different, right? I, my answer now to that is I would be more than thrilled to have more hours of our day filled with classes, with um, students feeling great about themselves. I, there's not a lot of spaces left in our days, <laughs> um, but, but I would be more than happy to have, to add, you know, I'm, that's, that's what I do. I add when we need to add. And I, you know, that, that's how we roll here. Is there, is that class full? We add another one. I would be more than happy to, but here's the caveat. I am not looking for a number. I am, I can't forecast what I'm looking for in terms of how much I want to make. I am forecasting what I'm looking for in terms of the number of people I want to see inside the studio. For me, it is my happiness as a business owner will be satisfied and happy family of customers continuously, right? Yeah. If I can feed more people and more people come in and fit and it's still a good, we still have good mojo in here and we still laugh because that's really important. Um, then I'm happy. So I don't know, is that a forecast? Is that a fair forecast? It's absolutely fair. And I think there's an element in our industry where we, we measure our ego on how many people, how many locations, how big, how grandiose. Uh, but I think that, that small business and, and being an entrepreneur in general, we have to remember that there's, there's a trade-off to everything that we do, right? Can we add more people? Probably. Yeah. But, but at what point is it diminishing returns, right? At what point is it your sanity becomes on the line? I'm working more hours than I ever wanted to. Am I making money? Sure. Yes. But is, what am I doing with that money that actually provides meaning to my life? I think that's the, the balancing act yes. of all of this, at least. Um, but it's a fun conversation because like we started at the beginning, you get to make the rules. This is your business. And I, I just asked the questions here. And so yeah. it's uh, it's a fun thought experiment nonetheless. Now we're running a bit shy on time, but I wanted to to save a few minutes at least for people to be able to connect and learn a little bit more about you and El Sol. Is there a website? Is there social media? Where can people go to find out more about this? Yes, I have um, a Facebook page, El Sol Pilates Studio. Um, I'm also on Instagram, same name, also Pilates Studio, and uh, email, or I'm a website. I also, you can find me, uh, I have my own website as well, also Pilates Studio, E-L-S-O-L, -S Pilates Studio. There you go. Connect with Anne and the El Sol family on those platforms. This has been a bunch of fun, and I really appreciate your willingness to, to kind of give us a look behind the scenes and, and tell us about how this business truly operates. And so 
I can't thank you enough. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you because it sounds like it's still kind of undetermined and, and where it goes, it goes. But for the today, that's that's all the time we have. But I wish you nothing but the best moving forward. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Absolutely. To everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you would like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description, fill it out. Our team will be in touch soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lord's out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.